Hi, my name is PK from Almost Inevitable Design, and this is the $2.4 million podcast where we talk about web design, web development, and WordPress. Just a heads up, I might be using a bit of profanity at times, which is why I checked on the explicit tag. If you're enjoying this podcast, well, if you have enjoyed this podcast, I guess, because we just started, I'd appreciate it if you left me a good rating on iTunes and Spotify, and if you have any questions, feel free to come to almostinevitable.com and leave a comment. Also, if you have any friends who need to hear this shit, go ahead and recommend it and share it, please. Okay, so uh, we are back. We are on episode 014 or 14. It is titled, This Is Gonna Hurt. Now, This Is Gonna Hurt is a song by 6AM. It's six with two X's. That's S-I-X-X-A-M. This is off of their 2011 album this is gonna hurt and um, this is gonna it's titled this is gonna hurt because today we're gonna talk about the client approval the first approval of the proof okay so that's why of course it's gonna hurt um, just to recap the nine step uh, web design process would start off with step number one uh, getting the brief step number two providing the quote, step number three, getting the deposit, step number four, providing the proof, step number five, getting the approval, step number six, providing the build or the preview, step number seven, getting the final approval, step number eight, getting the balance, step number nine, providing the migration. Now, we are at uh, step number five, getting the approval, Um, You can go through, oh yeah, Uh, when you go to the website, I think, um, I'm not sure where I left it. So there will be, uh, if I don't remember, I'll just add it. Um, Anyways, so I've actually put together a list of the podcasts that are directly related to this nine-step process. So you can just actually go through that. And pretty much same thing as getting a free um web design process course sort of you know it's not as hands-on as an actual course but it does talk about pretty much a lot of things everything you need to know to take your freelance or you know your freelance work to a agency professional level right all right now um personally i think i have a cold I don't know. So you might hear me sniffle here and there. And um, when I wake up in the morning, when I woke up this morning, actually, uh, because I was fine yesterday morning, uh, when I woke up this morning, um, my throat really hurt and and I couldn't swallow well. Uh, Yesterday morning, I was fine. Yesterday afternoon, it started getting a little um, tingling. But yeah. Anyways, um, it's, it's in the middle of the night. It's 11 p.m. right now. So throat's pretty much the best it can be, you know, because, you know, it's 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 swollen in the morning, you know, in the ni- at night before you go to bed. It's not too bad. All right, so enough about my throat. Uh, let's get into um, the worst step ever, all right? Now, step number five, getting the client approval for your initial design proof is, for me, the most dreaded uh, part of the whole web design process. Um, I'm sure it is um, 
the most nerve-wracking and most dreaded for a lot of other designers because what happens is remember I think I, I think I mentioned this in episode either one or two um, I mentioned that you we're, we're supposed to be designers and not artists now that's a very very big difference because artists are expressing their thoughts emotions you know there it's it's an ex- designing uh, art art arting <laughs> it's not arting art is an expression right whereas design is finding a solution for whatever problem there is and it's being solved either uh, visually if you are a graphic designer it can be solved with um, a new product if you are an industrial designer some people I've I've argued with fuckers saying that industrial design and graphic design are not the same thing they think it's not just it has a fuck it has the same fucking word it says design they're all design but this fucker just is like just so adamant that graphic design is something totally different and like yeah like fuck off just fuck the fuck off anyways it's it's very frustrating arguing with dumb fucks anyways um so this is all it's different all right it's very different and it's even worse when there is a client involved the client who is actually paying the money and the client who is actually approving and making the final decision now this sucks because you're the one who is trying to solve a problem but it has to please the client now the problem occurs when the client is a piece of shit no they don't they, you know all right so uh, wait wait <laughs> they don't have to be a piece of shit, all right? Some are. Some are. Not all of them are, but some are. And um, some are not. They're just, they just have bad taste, you know? So um, that's why this step is so hard, all right? Now, I was recently um, looking around on Reddit. Um, if you want to talk to me on Reddit, I don't think anybody talks to each other on Reddit. I don't know. It's just a bunch of people just saying random stuff on Reddit. Um, but if you want to find me on Reddit, my um, username is almostinevitable.com. There's no dot in the username. It's just spelled out, D-O-T. That's it, almostinevitable.com. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty <laughs> intuitive. Anyways, I don't do much on that website, on, on Reddit. I just read and look around and just look at cute pictures of dogs and stuff but I was I found this um, thread I found this post on reddit in their um, graphic design subreddit and the question someone posted was I am currently a graphic design student I've read a lot on here about the troubles some have gone through my blunt question is this is graphic design a bad field to get into all right well um the the answer one answer that i found that really i thought was spot on um was from a user named dreaming underwater he had, i don't know if he does seem like a designer um his post has not, nothing to do with not don't always have to do anything with design doesn't really matter but this guy what he said was it's just basically this 
it's a bad field to go into if you, and he has three things, A, have to take out student loans to pay for college, which is really sad because he's probably saying that because when you're freelancing, when you first start off, when you graduate school, it's not going to pay well. A lot of times it really doesn't pay well. Like you don't even get to, I don't know, take on, even if you find work at an agency, which is very, very hard to actually land a full-time gig at, a, at an agency. Um, even if you do, you don't, a lot of times you will not have like full creative control over what you're doing. And you know, and, and you're like, you start off as a junior burger. It's just really hard to make any substantial money. It's, it's hard, it's hard. So, and a lot of times you're a freelancer. So it's, it's really hard. So that makes total sense. Second thing he said is um, it's a bad field to go into if you think you are going to be an artist, which is so true. This is exactly what I was saying. You're not an artist, you're a designer. Designers are different from artists in, in what they do. The occupation is totally different. The pay <laughs> might be similar in the beginning. You both earn nothing in the beginning, but yeah. Um, Artists can do whatever the fuck they want and nobody can say anything about it. Designers, that will never happen. And number three that this guy said, uh, it's a bad field to go into if you are thin-skinned. If you're precious about your design, you're not gonna go very far. If you, get, um, if you get pissy about it, if you just start bitching about it, you're not gonna go far. If you have a chip on your shoulder, you're not gonna get very far because nobody's going to hire you later on you you you, you don't have you can't all right so you can think you have the world's best design and then you you flick that over to the client if they don't like it it's useless that's so sad to think about but that's how it works it's it's design we're providing a solution for a paying client so it's it's very frustrating and this is why this number step number five in the web design process, getting the initial client approval is gonna hurt, which is our title by 6 a.m. All right, so, um, yeah, those, those three things, I've had to, I had to bring that up because I think it's really important and it's something that a lot of online badasses think um, they're above, but they can fuck the fuck off. It really, that's, yeah, they can fuck off. It's not like this, that is, this, this, those three things, it's just so important. Anyways, let's get into how to take on the, uh, the, the client approval process, all right? So, um, I, I need to, you know, if I, if, if there's like a small, like, uh, um, pause here and there, it's because I'm trying to drink water and stuff. So, sorry about that. Now, one thing you need to think about is you need to send the um, the proof to the client. Now, when you're sending the proof, um, I suggest using a PDF. Of course, you're not gonna send like a Word document, so of course something, right? Like you're gonna send a PDF and, or you can send um, sort of like a, a preview link through, I think Figma does that and Adobe XD also does that. You can actually scroll things. Now, 
having the ability to scroll is something very important because sometimes clients who are fucking dumbasses who don't understand how you know what the proof is will um, they will see it like if they if you send them an email they'll see it on their phone and if you if you see an image like it, it can be a JPEG or a PNG as well it doesn't really matter as long as it's a proof you can see what it's what it does right what it looks like um, they have one look at that proof on their phone and they're like why is it so narrow my website can't be this narrow like I can't even read anything what's going on and then they just start complaining like a fucking dumb piece of shit they are and it's just oh, it's so fucking impossible to actually talk to those dumb pieces of shit you can explain it and they, they keep complaining like oh fuck oh man so many people now that's why <laughs> that's why um, I try to make it a point to actually mention that this is a proof and it should be viewed full screen on your computer desktop and make it full width all right so that means that they will get to see because um, you're making the proof at like 1600 or 1800 or whatever you're doing and width right like height it's gonna be way higher like it's gonna be like what 7,000 or 8,000 pixels high right so um, you, you're gonna you're gonna have to tell them to view the proof you know so it'll so horizontally it'll fit the screen right and not on mobile because unless you're providing a mobile proof it's not gonna view well on mobile so that's not what that is you're, you're providing a desktop proof and that's what that means I have a if you hear some candy sounds like like that I don't know if you can hear that but that's from a sore throat lozenge that I have in my mouth it says it's anesthetic uh, lozenges so hope that works you know anyways because I gotta keep talking this is an hour hour-long talk <laughs> all right so make sure you mention that and make oh or sometimes you can actually what you can do is sit with the client and show them this but it that that that's gonna hurt even more <laughs> it, could, it could be even worse you can get angry and just throw shit at them so um, what I think you should do is just mention and explain how to view this um, some people are fine some dumbasses don't know what they're looking at and they're like what am I looking at I'm like fuck you it's a proof so anyways just make sure that they understand you when you're getting the brief from the client you sort of know what kind of dumbassery you're gonna be dealing with right so yeah all right now once it's sent off right they're gonna come back with you come back to you with some edits now when they do you got to make sure that you get the edits that are um, that have authority what I mean is they they could have um, I don't know marketing person a PR person who is gonna liaise with you and be the middleman between you and the final approval of their boss which can be a huge fucking problem because this person might not even have any authority to call any shots on the design or the proof nothing 
and then the boss comes up with some fucking stupid harebrained idea that should have died in the 80s even before the internet was invented and just comes back with that and then this person has to now tell you to change everything all over again so there can be problems so one thing that you really need to make sure is if they come back to you with edits you need to make sure you ask them and you get confirmation that this is coming from the decision maker directly and this is their final word okay otherwise oh yeah and sometimes i've dealt with fuckers who say like no you know I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it look better before it goes to the boss and all that kind of shit like really 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 you can yeah you, you, you gotta fuck the fuck off man like really that's that's really not how that works but um i that's why i tell them i don't i, I don't tell them really fuck off i don't tell i don't, I don't say that what i say is <laughs> i don't say that um what i say is um how about if you sat with your boss and make your notes together because um what the note the the feedback that you're giving me and the feedback that the boss is giving me is actually using up one extra change because you're only allowed three changes and you're using two of them instead of one if you go through yourself and then the boss so you're missing out on another change so um, I think you should probably sit with the boss and look at it together you know that usually convinces them um, or you can tell them you know just I'll just wait I'll just wait for you to come back to me bring it up in a meeting and you can talk about it there you know and it's I, it, that's a lot better than having like a dumbass who doesn't know what they're talking about give you feedback and then it goes to the boss and that that dumbass gives you feedback and it totally contradicts everything that was doesn't even contradict it's like a, a new direction because the initial brief was bad because that d first dumbass was bad you know so it can go to shit real quick all right so after all that you're gonna get uh their feedback right you're gonna get their feedback now it's it's so fucking demeaning and so fucking just disappointing when they come back with changes that are just just so bad so bad like all right like before before i started recording this today i finished i finished a short job in one master of puppets you know you know what that means right it's an hour if you don't know, then go to episode seven. Um, so I finished the job in One Master of Puppets and I prepared this this um, podcast. You know, I prepare things, you know, whenever I see a new article, I add that and then I have some notes and stuff and then all that. And then right before I record, I put all everything together. I get some of the important parts of the script together and all that. And that takes me about maybe one or two Tempests. About, uh, this time it took me about one and a half Tempests. Again, if you don't know what that means, go check out episode seven. One Tempest is 15 minutes and one Master of Puppets is an hour. Anyways, um, <laughs> it's a good measurement of time. Yeah. Anyways, um, so while I was doing this, um, well, wait, wait, sorry. Right before I did this, I, I, I did that job and I actually got feedback from a client for a proof. And the thing is, 
um, that that fucker just totally and, and it's after they said that they liked my style they loved what I did and they want something done like that but the inspiration that they sent me had nothing to do with anything that I have done and it looked nothing like that because it's just a totally different style and I was like what the fuck right so I did that style right and when they got it you know over chat um, they were like oh this is so great this is so cool I love it looks great so I was like okay all right I don't give a shit what you say right now send me an email that confirms or changes the proof send me an email so I get fucking documentation on this okay um, and they did and this fucker sent me a fucking PSD file and sort of put notes and made changes to the PDF I sent them. Fucker changed everything. Fucking everything. There's almost nothing that was left over. Like, what the fuck are you, what? Like, what? So I think this, this dumbass thought it looked really cool when he looked at it, but then when he started getting into it, his, his old instincts just came back and just, it just went to shit and, and oh yeah it does fucking look like shit now so now what do we do about it I have four things that I can where I wanted to talk about four points that I put together that we can talk about and um, starting with number one tell them to fuck off <laughs> everybody would fucking love to do that wouldn't they just tell them to fuck off and you know just just yeah go fuck yourself right and that's that's what I always not always that's what I usually think when they come back with such ridiculous feedback I'm like you can go fuck yourself motherfucker stupid piece of shit who don't have, who don't have any any kind of taste right but uh, that is usually the worst option um, I have fired a client because of that because they've gone so badly with uh, with their feedback and it yeah it was just not just disrespectful feedback. That's that's not the point. I mean, I can take disrespectful feedback, but um, it's it just yeah, it was a mess. Anyways, um, this guy was respectful, but just changed everything. That person was disrespectful and changed everything to a point that I was sure that everything would change again because that person couldn't make up their mind, so they can fuck off. Anyways, um, that's 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 usually not the best option. So let's go to number two. Now this is what I think is most important. Um, try to understand what they mean, not what they're actually saying. A lot of times clients don't know what they're saying. Well, even when you get a brief, they don't know what they're saying. They've heard of some words here and there and they try to use it. They usually use it wrong, right? And even Professional graphic designers don't even know the difference between typeface and font sometimes, so they can fuck off. Anyways, um, it's not just that, but there's a lot of things that clients don't know what they are and they just say things, but it's more like trying to understand what they're trying to do rather than getting offended by every little thing. Like, 
Um, one proof that I'm working on with a client at the moment uh, started off at font size 18. Um, and, and 18 is a respectable size for a font. But um, in the end, after all the feedback that went back and forth, um, that paragraph is at 32. I think it's at 32 or 34, something like that. I might have mentioned this before, but it's at 32 or 34 or something. And I guarantee that that person might, uh, I'm not too sure, because he wanted everything larger. Um, there's, a, there's a YouTube video um, about make my logo bigger cream. Something like that. This, this guy is just smearing the whole screen with make everything bigger cream. <laughs> that sounds so dirty. Um, anyways, so yeah, don't don't rub that on cockroaches. What did you think I was gonna say? Yeah. Anyways, um, because you got you get huge cockroaches. They are so scary. Even like the cockroaches here in Australia are like uh, one or two inches. Not two two inches too big. No, 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 that's not too big. One inch, yeah, yeah, between one and an inch and a half around, right? So yeah, it's, yeah, anyways. Never seen cockroaches that big. Uh, I'm actually really talking about cockroaches. So yeah, um, what, they, what they want to say, what they mean is they want it to be, for example, this guy who wants everything larger, wants people to, get the information easily. Now, it is not just large fonts that convey all like convey the 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 the, the content quicker or better because if you don't have good hierarchy, it's not going to work anyways. You might as well, I think she should have stuck with she should have let me do it and just had the headings the right size and just the te paragraph text under it just so people who scammed, skim the page will see the headings and then, you know, uh, read the content, the related content accordingly. But uh, he just wants everything large, everything large. And I've given up. So yeah, I've given up <laughs> because it's not, it's not, it's not working. Uh, which brings me to um, number four, but I need to go through number three first. So, um, uh, number three is take this feedback as a chance to learn a new style. Now that is actually something, I don't know if you've had that kind of experience before, but sometimes like um, client would say, when, when you talk about the inspirations and stuff, they would say like, I really like this style. I do that and this. And sometimes I've had this before, um, this client would get, get me like five, six inspiration, uh, like a mood board and some links. And I would look through them and makes no fucking, has no common thread. Like they're all totally different. Like it's not just, it's not even just um, minimalism. Like that, that person wanted a clean, clean, um, clean design. I think that's what they, that's what, that's what she said. She wanted a clean design and it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like, all right. So 
well-designed things don't have to are usually not very cluttered so yes it's not it, it's not that some of them were cluttered but you wouldn't call all of them minimal either all right so they were just all over the place but she just liked them because they were designed well so i emulated one of them and she didn't like it at all she was like what the fuck is this i didn't ask for this like well fucking bitch look at what you did this looks exactly like that no it doesn't yes it does fucker anyways all of that kind of shit happened so in the end um i changed the whole thing the whole fucking thing and it, it was it was not fun but in the end i do think that i could i did have a chance to learn a new style um i i don't like that i don't like it i don't like clients who are like that but if you're gonna get through this shit that is one way that you can approach it all right so in the end one two and three were just um things that help you get to step four not step four uh point number four which is the conclusion pretty much in in this step of the web design process number four is just fucking do it and get it over with <laughs> all right the more you go back and forth the more you try to air quotes educate the client you can mention it and you can say, uh, because of this and this and this, um, I will have to say um, it's not good practice. A lot of times if you tell them if it's bad for SEO or yeah, whatever, SEO, that's that's like this word that everybody freaks out with, freaks out about. So you can use that as a term, you can use that. Um, you can say it's bad for SEO. Um, it's really hard to crap on their tastes because that is what they seem to like. Like for example, if somebody said your girlfriend or your boyfriend, whichever your gender is, whatever your your partner, right? Um, if somebody said your partner um, is horrible, whether by looks or by um, personality or whatever it is, your partner is horrible. You're not gonna like that, right? You're no, no one's gonna like that. I don't know. Like someone's gonna tell you someone walks up to me and says my wife is horrible and i say yeah right right on man i, I probably wouldn't say that <laughs> i left that probably in there i wouldn't say that seriously so and and i think i think a lot of people would not would not take too kindly to somebody dissing your partner right so yeah um that's what they think if you crap on their taste too much all right if you come up with good suggestions they might like it if you're like you know what if we try to let's try to solve this you know and just sit down with them and in, in a very open positive attitude um just say like something like you know let's let's try to solve this problem because i can see what you're trying to do but from and a lot of people say from a design perspective, I'm not too fond of that expression, but sometimes it works on people. But uh, from a design perspective or from maybe an SEO perspective or from a UX user experience perspective, those are all words that you can use. Um, this might not be the best idea. There are lots of ways of doing this, doing what you want to achieve. So let's try to find a way that ticks off both boxes in the user experience um, perspective and from what you are trying to achieve, for example, right? So something like that can work. 
and it doesn't always work. It it's good if it does, but some some fuckers are too stubborn. So yeah, then fuck off. Just finish it and get it fucking over with because this stage is one of the hardest stages. Not only is it emotionally taxing, it just it it takes a long time if they don't get around to properly approving it because a lot of times they think it has to be perfect right now. And sometimes it, it just takes way too many back and forths. So just get it the fuck over with, seriously. And one thing that I always tell myself, one thing that my friends tell each other, one thing that we tell each other all the time is taste cannot be bought. Seriously, taste cannot be bought. And of course, um, not all graphic designers have good taste. So maybe you might be the problem. That's one of the things that I thought. Um, I went through a very, very um, tough stage where I was insecure and I wasn't sure about anything that I was designing. Like I, I would get shot down so many times. I would just, I was almost ready to give up on any of that. I was like, fuck everyone. I'm not going to do this shit. That happens. It really does. Um, so that that's one of the things why um, I think in that Reddit post, this guy said you won't, you can't be graphic designer if you're thin skinned. I'm not even like graphic designer, graphic designer. I'm a web developer who does a bit of web design, and I know enough about design to be a good developer. You know, so yeah, like it's not like yeah, but anyways, anything that I design, it's yeah, it was just there was a really tough stage a few years ago and I was just so frustrated anyways it just takes a bit of time and once you get through things and you're like all right just let's just fucking get it over with and you know you, you start learning new things like little things and you just learn what the client is trying to communicate with you and that that's the most important part just getting all that communication down okay all right so I'm sorry my voice isn't as normally enthusiastic as I usually am, but um, yeah, at least at least my voice is holding out. So let's get to the news. We've got some good stuff for you today. Let's get to the news. Back to news. Okay, have you heard of an expression called doxing? Doxing is D-O-X-X-I-N-G, dox. And um, I'm not 100% sure what that, where that word came from. Um, I don't know, doxing. But um, it can be uh, D-O-X-I-N-G, D-O-X-S-I-N-G, probably from documents like documents, finding the documents on someone, I think. I don't know. So anyways, doxing is um, outing someone. So posting someone's personal information, highly personal information um, on the internet and just exposing that person is doxing. Now, what recently happened, and this was posted on November 14th of this year, on a website called TheVerge.com. I used to, um, I don't know if you've heard of a website, a, a gadget 
review website called uh, This Is My Next. And that and the people who used to write for This Is My Next all moved over and then started something new. It was called The Verge. And it started off with a bang. They are under the Vox uh, umbrella. And um, Vox is a pretty big uh, media company, I think. And uh, now, but yeah, they, they had some trouble with with comments on their on their website and stuff and i was i was an active member of their community and all that kind of stuff but then um they just sort of changed their everything and it was like ah, i just drifted away but anyways this is on the verge and the title is taylor swift whoa taylor swift provoked fans to go after her rivals and now they're being doxxed now that's not necessarily a good way of using the word rival, I think. I don't think that's what her rival is because what happened is she, out of some stupid contract, she does not have the rights to some of her early songs, which is really fucked up, right? So. Taylor Swift, I don't know if it was, I don't know how intentional it was, but she mentioned who they were. Uh, their names were um, Scott Borchetta and Scooter Brown. And she said, please let, on Twitter, please let Scott Borchetta and Scooter Brown know how you feel about this. And some of her fans, went and found who they were and just posted all their really important personal information and with that personal information you can actually you know harm them you can actually find them so that she basically um asked for her friend uh fans to dox those guys now who those guys were they're not rivals as in like you know taylor swift fighting in the charts with i don't know who she I don't know who Kanye West <laughs> Kanye can fuck off <laughs> um, I don't know who she's fighting or just like you know like a rival you know but it's um these guys are I think um, producers formal label former label boss and talent manager so rival as in someone you fight against but still I don't think you would you would call like the the Yankees and the Mets rivals. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, that's what she did. She she started that and everybody just went on to um um went online and started doxing them and it became a pretty nasty nasty thing. Nasty um yeah. So uh yeah. So you can read about that if you wanted to. A Twitter spokesman said posting a person's private information without their express permission is a direct violation of the Twitter rules. No shit. Okay, so yes, uh, Taylor Swift is still fighting for that, fighting for the rights for her music, to her music, and she's thinking about re-recording all her original songs herself to get regain the rights to those songs and all that kind of stuff. It's a fun thing going on for Taylor Swift. It's not actually fun for her, but it's this whole thing going on. It's um if if you're interested in this it's it's interesting so have a read okay next let's go to the next web tnw the next web.com 
and three days ago, it says three days ago, so I guess it must be November 15th. Uh, the title is Instagram just took its divisive hidden likes experiment global. Whoa, global. So this test for um, hiding the likes was run was run in Australia, Brazil, Canada, Ireland, Italy, Japan, and New Zealand earlier this year. But now it is going to be global. So, um, showing how many likes you have um, depends on. So the thing is, I recently saw this um, video about how a lot of online tracking and all the social media tracks you, and what they track is a lot of negative responses. And it was from an interview from this really smart guy who doesn't look like a Silicon Valley executive or, you know, but he looks really hippie. He's got dreadlocks. And anyways, um, he's really, he seems really smart, but he was talking about how social media tracking pretty much ends up giving you, um, tracking a lot of um, negative responses because negative responses are easier to track. So that's what the uh, algorithms can pick up on because positive reactions are really slower. Okay, so they if they pick up on the negative ones, they can keep feeding that back and that's how it's become so, um, you know, so negative, the whole social media addiction stuff, right? Now, Instagram doing this, they first said this because they wanted Instagram to be more positive uh, which is laudable. I think that's fine. Um, some people were saying, like Nicki Minaj and Cardi B, were saying that it's um, uh, it's it's they want to actually show. Uh, I don't know. It, it empowers showing the the likes empowers independent artists, and it takes removing it uh, will. Um, yeah, wait already said she won't post Instagram because they're removing the likes and said in a now deleted tweet storm that Instagram like counts help empower independent artists. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, like counts will help artists. So she thinks that's important. So some people think that's important. I think most people don't care and having only one or two likes or having one million likes, if they're all hidden, this, hidden if, if, if it's the same that you can't see them, then I guess, you know, you approach things in a more neutral way, you know, as opposed to somebody walking up to you coming out that just got out of a, I don't know, a Porsche or somebody, somebody that got out of a, a 30 year old jalopy. I don't know. Right. So it's, uh, I guess it could be taken as a, a neutral thing that can help uh, level the playing field and people who have a strong followers might not like it. But on a survey, the rest of the people are, don't have strong followers, so they don't care. That's fine. But anyways, just let people know, uh, just letting you know that Instagram has now uh, started that. So there you go. Uh, number three on our news articles is from, oh yeah, Search Engine Land. Okay, wait, this is supposed to be a resource. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's sort of sort of an article, yep. So, 
this is actually really, really interesting. And I think even if you don't read all the articles that I post, I think this one is worth it because this is an SEO myth busted, SEO myths busted by an ex-Googler. Cool, so I'm gonna go through some of them. I can't go over all of them, but I really think you should read this because it's really cool. So now the website is Search Engine Land. I'll have the link in the post and in the description for the podcast. So there's a lot of things that he's talking about here. I'll, I'll go over a couple of them. So myth number one, SEO is a level playing field. Now this guy is saying it's not a level playing field. What And it's really cool because he says it is true that Google actually grants brand new domains a Google honeymoon period. Like if it's a new domain, um, even if it doesn't have all the SEO signals, um, it still, you know, lets them sort of rise to the higher than it should, which is really interesting, you know? So that's something to think about. Uh, number two, myth number two. Oh yeah, so anyways, SEO is not a level playing field. It's not you know, uh, every everybody has, there's so much data about all the websites that it can never be equal to everyone, you know? All right, um, number two, SEO is a one-time project. We all know it's not. Uh, SEO is backlinks. It's not necessarily just backlinks, and with bad backlinks, it's even worse. Uh, myth number four, SEO is user signals. Google does not um, give us the data, so, uh, we can't actually know, only Google knows. So we cannot plan our SEO on that. So it's not necessarily user signals. Um, Google hates my website, myth number five. No, it doesn't, doesn't care. <laughs> it's it's really, yeah. Uh, number Myth number six, Google AdWords has an impact on SEO. It does not because um, AdWords is AdWords and organic natural search is independent of paid search. And they are very uh, aggressive about that, it seems. So that's something that it's it's good to know, right? Uh, number seven, keywords are key, is not anymore. And also keywords and URLs are not being used for ranking purposes either. That's something that you can think about. Uh, myth number eight, SEO is freshness. It's not, it's not always the point, it's not always the case. It is if it's for newspapers, magazines and stuff, but it's not always the case. So have a read. I can't read everything for you, but you know, it's this is this article is really worth reading. Uh, number nine, social signals are an SEO factor. It says it's not. Um, oh, voice hurts, throat hurts. Uh, number 10, SEO is magic. Of course it's not, all right. So yeah, uh, let's go to resources. Okay, back to resources. Uh, this one is about email design trends. It is from Design for Users, and the four is spelled with a number four. Um, so yeah, designforusers.com, email design trends for 2020. And it's it's um, it's worth going through the numbers and stuff, and it's it will help you understand things that are going on. And Here's one, one thing uh, that 
that's pretty cool. Analysis of the most effective types of videos, video content used versus the most difficult to create. Customer testimonials are most effective. They are also the most difficult to create, which is interesting, right? Uh, project reviews and case studies are not very effective, but they are very difficult to create. Wow, here's one thing that's the opposite. Demonstration videos and tutorial videos are very effective, but not that difficult to create. So these are pretty interesting, huh? Yeah, so um, look through all this. Uh, they have a lot of cool stuff that they explain and um, you, can, you can look through that. Look at some um, ways to make better emails, right? All right, next. Uh, this is from, let's see, 99U is, I don't know what this is, 99UAdobe.com. Hmm. So this is, Another one about um, pricing yourself. So the title is Know Your Worth, A Guide to Setting Your Rates. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of things that they this guy mentions um, because you know there are like a million articles on this and this one just came up recently on uh, Adobe. So don't go first, don't come up with a number first. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's good to have a, an idea of their budget before you just you know, price yourself out or um, price yourself too low and undercut yourself. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of other things that you can talk about here. Uh, get comps and um, let's see, account for everything, even time off, uh, be flexible and consider the client. And even if you're still still in worth, they also give you a formula that you can try and it's a, it's a useful uh, article. All right, sorry, I'm just, my voice is just sort of dipping in and out. It's a little hard now. Uh, I'm at 50 minutes, which is um, pretty good. I have one more resource left, and this one is pretty simple. It's actually on line 25, which is very code-based. It's very web development-based, but this one is hand lettering tutorial and guide for beginners. What? Hand lettering? So. Uh, they talk about the materials, paper, pencil, ruler. What's going on? Because if you've seen line25.com, this is really a web design, web development heavy website. So it's really interesting. Uh, learn about letter construction and relation, like cap height, x height, baseline, descender. Those are all, uh, look up anatomy of typography and you'll be able to find all what they all are. Oh, number three is learning the anatomy of the letters. <laughs> Yeah, uh, choose a lettering style with a serif or a sans serif. Um, and then add dimensions, details, and decorative elements. That's cool, and that's how you can make really cool hand lettering. So it's basically learn how type works and then decorate it. <laughs> All right, so I've gone through 50 minutes. It's a little hard to, to keep talking now. Sorry if I feel, if I sound a little too um, down. My voice is a little too down and it's not as chirpy as it is normally. But um, yeah, I'm trying to get through this. Uh, I'll probably be better next week because, you know, this can't last over a week, right? All right, cool. So um, yeah, uh, come, come to the website, leave a comment. 
Uh, find me on iTunes or Spotify. Leave some reviews. And I will see you in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.